0: In scripture, Jesus says that whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Good morning, Christian America. This is a passage that most Christians don't want to hear. This is a passage that most leadership in Christian churches don't want to speak on. This is a passage where Jesus upholds the discipline of his commands, of the commands of the Father and his teaching because if you cause others to sin he has a special place that you're going to end up it's time to get into the word today get out your bibles turn to the gospel of mark chapter 9 verse 42 we're going to get right into it you're not going to want to miss this good morning christian america and good morning christian america eddie here is always representing the christian american revitalization effort you know that we seek to revitalize the christian faith across this nation that takes a lot of shapes and a lot of different forms this is just one of them and we hope that you find a way to spread god's message that you can spread the christian faith to your friends to your neighbors we ask not for donations we ask for participation participate in the revitalization of the christian faith across our nation get into the to the word of god get into Scripture, understand it, meditate on it, read it, listen to it. That's what we're here to do. To we're here to do today. I'm going to show you some Scripture. If you follow this podcast, if you follow these videos and this content, you'll be familiar with the with the structure. If you followed us over the last few weeks, you know, you know that we're in the in the ninth chapter of Mark's Gospel, and Mark is laying out uh, in brief detail. Jesus is teaching. He's demonized a few pharisees. He's in this case in the last few weeks in the, the in the uh passages that precede today's passage, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. He's grabbed a, a young child. He's placed the young child on his lap and he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about un, about following God's commands, following his commands, his examples, his leadership. It's important, friends, that that we understand what Jesus says so we are not led astray. At today's passage, as, as we're going to get into, I'm going to read it to you verbatim. I'm going to show it to you so there's no misconception. You might not have heard these teachings before in your church or your place of worship because this isn't a passage that most uh, uh, m- most ministers, most uh, Priests, most pastors, most bishops want to get into because it's not nice. Everybody lo- loves to to throw a, around the passages of the of the love love filled Jesus and the outward expressions of love, the healing, uh, hanging out with the sinners, uh, lifting people up, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, um, and uh, casting aspersions on those religious elite that are that 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 are wrong in their assumptions about him those are those are it's all good all the scripture is good but far too often our leaders skip over passages that we're going to talk about today and that's why we we bring this to you We, we come verbatim through scripture so that there's no misunderstandings, there's no uh, misinterpretations that nothing's taken out of context. They don't just take, oh, one verse or a few words here and manipulate it to make it sound like something that it's not. We don't do that to you. Um, We try to provide you with direct quotes, direct scripture verses in the context and in the order that they come in. So. We're going to do that today. And this is Jesus continuing his lessons uh, to his disciples, to his followers, to us who are reading this today about what it means and what the ramifications that come with causing people to sin, specifically in this case, young people, the children, where Jesus uh, talks about the child that is literally sitting on his lap as he's. Uh, giving these words of instruction, these words of wisdom and of warning to his disciples. So chapter 9, verse 42, it starts off, he says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than to than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet, To be thrown into gehenna if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out better for you to enter the kingdom of god with one eye than with two eyes be thrown into gehenna where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched friends don't let anyone tell you that jesus doesn't talk about hell don't let anyone tell you that everybody is saved, that once you are saved, you're, you're supposed to be always saved. Jesus, in this case, is explaining that you can actually do things that are against his teaching. You can actually cause your friends, you can cause your colleagues, you can cause your family members, you can cause your children, you can cause other people's children. When you cause people to sin, Jesus says that it would be better if a great millstone. And if you don't know what a millstone is, a millstone is one of these gigantic rocks, one of these gigantic stones that they would use as like foundational building blocks for large buildings. Jesus is saying, Eddie's not saying, Jesus is saying that it would be better for you, for that person to have a a millstone tied around your neck and that you would be thrown into the sea jesus is saying that if you're going to cause people to sin that it would be better that you drown jesus is saying that if you're that scandilion, right that's the, the the greek word for stumbling block block by which other people stumble upon in corinthians paul also mentions a similar phrase about freedom and having the freedom is not having freedom to do what you want your freedom should not inhibit your freedom should not be that scandillion that stumbling block which causes the weaker to sin, causes your brother to sin. Jesus says here, causes these little ones to sin. When we teach our children to sin, it would be better that this giant stone would be tied around your neck than you would be thrown into the sea. Don't leave this podcast. Don't stop listening to this thinking that there is something wrong with me. That Don't be mad at me. I'm not I'm not the author of this document. This is Jesus's statement. I'm simply reading it to you. So if you believe in Jesus, if you believe that he's the son of God, if you believe that he is one part of the Trinity, if you if you believe that he's divine, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer, if you if you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you believe that his word is infallible, if you believe that his teaching is is infallible if you believe that the word of God in scripture is infallible, then you have to believe these things. You have to believe these things. This is quite clear in his, in his terminology, in his verbiage, in his language, what it would be better if you're causing people to sin, that you would not be here, that you would be thrown into the sea with a giant rock around your neck so that you would, so you would end up there, it would be better for everyone. Those are harsh words. He goes on to say, as I read to you, that if you if your hand or your foot or your eye causes you to sin, then you need to get rid of that which causes you to sin. Because it would be better if you went into heaven. He says into life, but he means eternal life. When Jesus says, as God said to adam you will surely die he meant eternal death right he he in order to have eternal life it is eternal life with god almighty with our lord and savior in order to enter life it is better to enter life without your hand without your foot without your eye than to be whole in your in your physical body parts and land yourself in what Jesus caused, not Eddie, what Jesus calls into an unquenchable fire. Don't say that there is no hell. Don't say that no one goes to hell. Don't say that once that, that, that once you've you you've accepted Jesus, that that's it. Don't say that. Because people who say that don't follow scripture. Right? They, they, they're, they're not following this path. I didn't just snatch one line and say, this this is a rebuke of those statements or people who say these things i showed you the entire passage i've i've read to you the entire chapter up to this point we're we're taking this in context in order verbatim nothing nothing added and nothing taken away jesus is saying that if you cause people to sin or you cause yourself to sin you could end up in unquenchable fire. Unquenchable fire, not my words. Don't let people tell you. Don't let your minister tell you. Don't let your pastor tell you. Don't let your preacher tell you. Don't let your friends and your small group leader tell you. Don't, don't let people fool you into thinking that, well, this part of scripture that isn't real scripture. This part, I think we we as people we're we're past what Jesus is talking about here, because if you're willing to accept that we're past what Jesus is talking about here, then all the rest of it is is up for grabs, and we don't want we don't want to lead people astray. We don't want to be the stumbling block that Jesus talks about, causing others to sin because we think we're past that. Are we past God's words? are we past what's good in life are we past helping our neighbor are we past moving ourselves and our family and our kids and our community towards that narrow road to what Jesus calls life everlasting life with him I don't think we're past it you shouldn't think we're past it Jesus says specifically in this passage that if you do these things if you're causing people to sin if you're teaching them that things like abortion are okay, if you're teaching things like uh, the sanctity of marriage is not to be adhered to or celebrated, if you're teaching things of saying uh, of of the sorts that we are closing our places of worship. That's the whole the whole faith is centered around worship. The entire Old Testament is centered around the worship of God. But yet we have people who come in today that are telling you and have told us and your and your and the people in our organizations and the people of our churches have followed suit. They've closed these churches. They've closed these houses of worship. Where do we go then to receive? the spiritual nourishment, the spiritual food that Paul talks about later in one of his letters. Where do we go to receive this communion of friendship and fellowship with one another and with God, with our churches and our places of worship that are closed? Who are these people that are causing us and our children to sin by leading them astray? Because Jesus says in this passage that those people should have their a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. Because they are a block in which others stumble and sin. They are the that scandillion. It's where we get the word scandal. So when we say the church is scandalized, what do we mean? We mean that people in the church are causing scandal scandal They're causing skin, sin. They're becoming stumbling block, which blocks, which cause other people to sin. Jesus says that they're destined for a place of unquenchable fire. That's verse 43, Mark 9, 43, for those who are showing up late. Rewind this video, rewind this podcast, and when, when I read it verbatim to you. Later on, he says, after you after you should cut your arm or your leg or pluck your eye out for cause, whatever causes you to sin. He says, it'd be better that you enter into life maimed than whole being thrown into Gehenna where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. You can have whatever you want to name you want to. You want you to name. You want to name it yourself. You can call it hell if you want to call it hell. You can call it Gehenna if uh, like, uh, like scripture says, you kind of get the drift. Don't let people tell you that Jesus doesn't talk about hell. Jesus talks about hell more than any other biblical person. You can look through this entire, this entire text. There are more references to Gehenna. There are more references into the darkness, to the desolate, where there is fire. He gives parable after parable of the master who invites people to the feast who, who don't want to come. And people who even do come who are unprepared for the feast because they are not dressed appropriately are thrown into the darkness. Jesus talks about these things. He gives the parables of those who are cast out. He tells us of Lazarus and the rich man and the gulf between them and how the rich man is burning. He's he's so thirsty. He's begging Lazarus uh, or he's be- begging that Lazarus be allowed to come down and just dip his his finger in water and put it on the tip of the rich man's tongue. And what does Jesus say? There's a gulf that no one can pass from your side to our side or from our side to your side. They're, they're, it's complete and total separation. Not my words. Don't get mad at me. This is Jesus. Friends, it's important that we live the call that of life that God calls us to, that Jesus calls us to. And we cannot simply live it ourselves and say that it's okay for others to disobey. It's okay for others to fall into sin. It's okay for others to be their own person, to express their own individuality because I don't want to push or force my beliefs on them. It would be better that they cut their hand off or their foot off or plug their eye out then what they're doing today if it's sinful if you're supporting these things in any way shape or form if you're permitting them in any way shape or form if you're not actively trying to correct this situation then you're obviously not in alignment with what Jesus is talking about here I would recommend that you all, including myself, examine, we collectively examine our conscience and ask ourselves: are we are we promoting or are we supporting these acts of perversion, these acts of debauchery, these sinful immoral actions that our faith is built on is, is built on fighting? Are we supporting these things? Either directly or indirectly are we supporting them financially with our own dollars or are we supporting them just by our own silence are we supporting these things that Jesus says is causing people to sin causing our children to sin are we supporting the abuse of our children with the various pseudo-scientific dogma and I you could even call it theology of today. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gender theology, the gender uh, um, ideology, you know, that is, that is leading our children, our young adults to sin. Because what Jesus says here, that if we're doing that, it would be better that we are thrown into the ocean with a giant stone around our neck and drowned out there. It would, it'd be us that is in this unquenchable fire in the place that he calls Gehenna, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Friends, think about that today. Think about that as you get into this week. What are we accepting with our silence? And I pray that we stand up and fight back. I pray that you stand up and fight back and speak of because we've allowed this world to drag us into this ugly place of seemingly perpetual sin and we're and turning ourselves into these stumbling blocks which other people mainly our children fall into sin because of us and so friends this week pay attention to the things you support Even if you don't openly support them, do you passively support them? Are you passively, are you okay with the world that is presenting the things that are actively opposed to what your Lord and Savior says, actively opposed to you and your faith, actively opposed to your community and house of worship? Are you passively letting those things be promoted? in your in your area if you're not standing against them you're not speaking out in favor of what your god teaches what our father teaches think about that today and think about that this week as you make your way into this world again we ask not for donations friends we ask for your participation share this video share this podcast tell somebody about it read this passage read it to them read it to yourself Examine your conscience. Talk about it with your family. What does this mean? And what does it mean to me? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to your family? What does it mean to our country? Let's start moving ourselves back to life and turning away from the world of destruction. And so, with that, until Friday, friends, you guys stay on fire for, for stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.